I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. Do you have someone in your family that enjoys doing yard work? Maybe it's a mom or dad or somebody, a grandfather or something who just loves being out there in the yard, loves to garden, loves to get their hands dirty, loves to beautify the property. You know, they say that if you uh, were, were out there in the yard when you were supposed to be this spring, this is the time of year when you get to sit back and enjoy all of your hard work. And maybe one of those years, that'll be me. Uh, that's not been me this year so far. Maybe you have that going on at your house. But I'm not the best gardener out there. I'm not the best yard work guy. And uh, my wife sent me a, a video a couple months ago that kind of illustrates this. So um, I was at work and she said this to me. Um, we had a new neighbor moving in uh, next door to us on our side porch there. Now, if you are a gardener, and I guess even if you're not a gardener, you can see how unkept this vine area is. I mean, it's really bad. And it uh, looked like a perfect home to a new friend there. Uh, so she texted me that video and said, what do I do? And uh, I said, I have no idea. And so I, uh, I have this fear of small animals, um, actually really all animals. So, um, so I, I texted my friend Brett, ended up calling him, Brett Ely, and he rescued me with a little trap and uh, took care of it. I don't know what he did to the poor thing, but it's gone now. So, uh, but, but you can see from the video evidence that I am not a gardener. But I wanna to talk to you this morning about somebody who is a gardener. I wanna to talk to you this morning for just a few minutes about God the gardener. Here's John 15, verse one again. I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. So Jesus tells us, first of all, that he's the vine. And uh, he tells us that, it's an imagery he uh, uses really from the book of Isaiah. We get from the context of John 15 that uh, Jesus is gonna identify himself as the vine and he's gonna talk about how the people of God get their sustenance through him. But really his focus here in this verse isn't even so much on his role as where he goes next. My father, he says, is the gardener. Now we just came through a Names of God series this spring. Uh, if you were with us in say February for a few months, we talked about all different kinds of names of God. Here's another name of God that many of us don't think about that often when we think of God, the Father, the gardener. Well, what does it mean that God is the gardener? Jesus tells us two things in verse two. First of all, he cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. So the first role of God, the gardener, is to remove the dead branches from the vine. This is say in the words of 1 John, removing those who are with us, but not of us. It's the father's role to remove those who have maybe the appearance of following Christ, but are truly followers of Christ. But then Jesus gives us a second role of God, the gardener, and really it's the role that I think is most significant for the church. Listen to what he says in verse two. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. God the Father, God the gardener prunes. 
Now notice in this verse who it is that he prunes. It says the branches that do bear fruit. Some of us might feel targeted at times in our life, like God is attacking us or has us in the middle of his scope. We'll feel like he's got us in his sights. This verse tells us that he does. He targets the fruitful. And look at the effect that the pruning has. So they will produce even more. I had to look up uh, what pruning meant because you already saw the evidence. I'm not a gardener. But pruning is important. You see, a a vine or a fruit-bearing plant will often have all kinds of unproductive growth. Maybe push out all kinds of greenery, maybe even get to a pretty large size. But the process of pruning cuts back that excess growth and forces the plant to use its energy to produce fruit. So what does this verse teach us about God's role? It teaches us this. God the gardener will skillfully, lovingly, yet painfully prune the fruitful branches of Christ and cause them to produce more fruit. I was down in uh, Pastor Gabe's office a couple months ago. We were meeting about something. And uh, toward the end of the meeting, I was looking at his bookshelf. And on his bookshelf, I saw the spine of this book. It said, Trusting God. And uh, so on my way out of his office, I just picked that book off the rack. And, uh, and I felt a little bad. I got back to my office, though. And um, on the front cover, it says Henning. So um, I know it was actually Pastor Doug. So I took it from Gabe. Uh, but Pastor Doug, I have your book wherever you are, OK? Um, but I want to read a couple of sentences from this book that really illustrate this point. Um, It says, starts this way, in the spiritual realm, God prunes us. Listen to what he says. Because even as believers, we will still have a sinful nature. We tend to pour out our spiritual energies into that which is not fruit. We tend to seek position, success, and reputation, even in the body of Christ. We tend to depend upon natural talents and human wisdom, and then we are easily distracted and pulled by the things of the world, its pleasures and possessions. God uses adversity to loosen our grip on those things that are not true fruit. A severe illness or the death of someone dear to us, the loss of material substance or the tarnishing of our reputation, the turning aside of friends or the dashing of our cherished dreams on the rocks of failure cause us to think about what is really important in life. He finishes this way. Position or possessions or even reputation no longer seem so important. We begin to relinquish our desires and expectations, even good ones to the sovereign will of God. We come more and more to depend on God and to desire only that which will count for eternity. God is pruning us so that we will be more fruitful. You ever been through a season of pruning in your life? Maybe there is a season of discouragement, a season of disappointment, a season of disease, maybe a season where a really important decision was weighing on you. Maybe it's a person in your life or circumstance, some problem that you can't solve, (laughs) 
some conundrum that your family's facing. You ever been through a season of pruning? And many times we are quick to think the devil might be after us. And I have no doubt that the devil's real and that he hates us and that he does attack us. But I think sometimes we give the devil too much credit. It might not always be the devil attacking us just for his purposes. Sometimes it's God the gardener who's pruning, who's changing, who's cutting back some of that unproductive growth, who's targeting the fruitful so they can be more fruitful. I love what Hebrews chapter 12 says. It's a very similar idea in verses 10 and 11. Listen to these words from the book of Hebrews. God's discipline is always good for us so that we might share in his holiness. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. God the Father in Hebrews 12 sounds a lot like God the gardener in John 15, doesn't he? He prunes and he disciplines us so we can bear more fruit. And he prunes and he disciplines us so that we can, in the words of Hebrews chapter 12, have a peaceful harvest of right living. Today, we wanted to focus our worship of God on some songs and some hymns. I was really blessed by it. I was in the back for the second half, but I was just in the back of the auditorium as we started this morning. In fact, every Sunday I stand back there, almost every Sunday, and worship along with the church. I love to stand at the back and kind of watch the church sing. I imagine how much glory that brings to God, how much pleasure that brings to God to hear his people singing like that. But there's something about songs and hymns uh, as we see each and every week that that take us to a place in our soul and our heart that it can be very helpful for us. It can be instructive to us. Hymns are a powerful way to worship God. And that's why we wanted to take Sunday today and focus our worship of him around that. But there might be the most famous hymn of all time, Amazing Grace. There might be many of you or all of you who are familiar with that hymn, written by John Newton. But John Newton wrote another hymn about seven years after he wrote Amazing Grace that's a lot less well-known. I wanna read to you the lyrics from his hymn. It's called, I Ask the Lord That I Might Grow. Listen to the words of this song. I ask the Lord that I might grow in faith and love and every grace, might more of his salvation know and seek more earnestly his face. Twas he who taught me thus to pray and he I trust has answered prayer but it has been in such a way as almost drove me to despair. I hoped that in some favored hour at once he'd answer my request and by his love's constraining power, subdue my sins and give me rest. Instead of this, he made me feel the hidden evils of my heart and let the angry powers of hell assault my soul in every part. Yea, more, with his own hand, he seemed intent to aggravate my woe crossed all the fair designs I schemed, blasted my gourds and laid me low. I actually texted this hymn to a friend of mine a couple weeks ago and he said, I can see why it's a little less popular than Amazing Grace. And he's right. Lord, why is this? I trembling cried. Wilt thou pursue thy worm to death? 
"'Tis in this way,' the Lord replied. "'I answer prayer for grace and faith.'" He closes this way. "'These inward trials I employ "'from self and pride to set thee free "'and break thy schemes of earthly joy "'that thou mayest find thy all in me.'" I asked the Lord that I might grow. God's gardening church is painful, but it's fruitful. Now you're a church that I love very much. I've cried with many of you. I've served with many of you. I've worked with many of you. Some of you I don't know all that well, maybe because you're new, maybe our paths just haven't crossed yet. Some of you may be watching online. I've never had the pleasure of meeting. But your church that I pray for in fact, our online viewers would know that most Sundays when I introduce our online service, I specifically ask for prayer for our church that uh, the people watching could pray for the holiness of our church, for the purity of our church, for the spiritual growth of our church, something that I pray about all the time myself. But church, we will not be the people that God desires us to be without God's pruning. His pruning is painful, but it's fruitful. So maybe you're in a season of pruning right now. Maybe you're uh, just coming out of a season of pruning, or maybe God's preparing you to enter a season of pruning. Wherever you are in your life and however God is working in seasons of pruning, let's remember God the gardener will skillfully, will lovingly, yet painfully prune the fruitful branches of Christ and cause them to produce more fruit. I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you for the way that you skillfully, carefully, lovingly, but painfully prune your people, the faithful people, so we can produce more fruit. God, I pray this over our church family, whether they're in this room, uh, watching online, that you, Lord, in your wisdom, in your goodness, would not hold back but would do the things that you know are necessary to cause more dependence, to cause more joy, to cause more fruit in the lives of your people. We submit to that pruning work, God. And now as we sing a song, Graves into Gardens, I know there are people in this room or watching online who feel like their life is a grave. All they feel is maybe a deadness. They might feel like there's difficulty everywhere and the darkness is closing in. God, help us to see your faithfulness even in that, that you love us too much to keep letting unproductive growth happen. You'll take us back to the root and you'll lovingly, carefully help us as we produce more fruit for your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.